Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Record amounts of snow fell across California over the weekend, turning stretches of the state into a powdery white wonderland. Here in Southern California, snow reached elevations as low as a thousand feet in the San Gabriel Mountains. Meteorologist Dave Bruno is with the National Weather Service in Oxnard. We had some snow totals as high as 93 inches at mountain high at 7,000 feet the ski resort area. A lot of places above 6,000 feet had three to six feet of snow. Again, this is fairly unusual to get such high snow amounts down here. Now to the north on Donner Summit near Lake Tahoe, the UC Berkeley Sierra Snow Lab has already recorded 120% of the average snowfall for an entire winter season and says the snowpack could grow to a depth of up to 45 feet later this week because of forecast storms. Due to weather conditions, Yosemite National Park will be closed through Wednesday of this week. Because of the pandemic and the large number of people who now work from home, California has an abundance of vacant office space, but the state also has a shortage of housing. Now, a state lawmaker wants to tackle both problems by making it easier to turn empty offices into homes. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. When it comes to empty downtowns, San Francisco Assemblyman Matt Haney's district is ground zero. About one quarter of offices sit completely vacant, and even those still leased out are often underutilized, he says. San Francisco has one of the most deserted downtowns in America. We are on most weekdays at under 40 percent of pre-pandemic occupancy. But Haney knows San Francisco is not alone. Many of the downtowns that have been slowest to recover are in California. He thinks the solution is simple, but expensive. Turn those offices into housing. His legislation would make it essentially impossible for local governments and citizens to stand in the way of those conversions if developers agree to make 10 percent of new housing available to low and moderate income people and use union trained workers. We have to pivot immediately. We can't wait for more studies. We have to adapt. But for it to happen, we have to act now. We have to act with urgency and we have to remove the barriers that can prevent it from happening. He says in order to make these conversions pencil out, government needs to make them as fast, easy, and cheap as possible. That means not only cutting red tape, as his bill aims to do, but also potentially using state funds to subsidize these types of projects. Haney says as he works to convince lawmakers to pass his bill, he'll also be lobbying Governor Gavin Newsom for those funds as part of this year's budget process. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos.
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The central coast city of Paso Robles is increasingly prominent in the world of wine. But as its stature grows, the Paso Robles area is facing familiar California challenges, like expensive housing and water worries. And that's creating problems for the local wine industry. KCBX's Benjamin Perper visited one vineyard experimenting with potential solutions. Twelve miles west of downtown Paso Robles is a hilly vineyard and winery called Tablas Creek. Jason Haast is the owner. We're standing here in the middle of the Grenache section of a vineyard block that we call Scruffy Hill. There is a panoramic view of the entire Adelaida district, one of the 11 distinct wine grape growing areas in Paso Robles. It's a mountainous area covered in mature green grapevines close enough to the coast that you can feel an ocean breeze coming in from the Pacific. We have a mix of Grenache and Syrah and Morvedra and Cunoise over here. So all four of our main red grapes. Haas's father was an internationally renowned winemaker who partnered with a French family to establish Tablas Creek. We came into it with an idea that we wanted to translate the ideas, the kind of the inspiration of the southern Rhone Valley from France into California somewhere. Translating French winemaking traditions to a California vineyard meant foregoing many common irrigation practices here. Instead of drip irrigation, which continuously provides water to the vines, Tablas Creek practices dry farming, and that saves a lot of water. Vines are carefully planted and maintained to need irrigation only once, or never, and instead make do with small amounts of rainwater. With the, the growth in the number of wineries and the, the growth of the region, there's more pressure on shared resources like groundwater than there's ever been. The Paso Robles groundwater basin has been heavily overpumped for years now, mostly from irrigating the area's vineyards. Wells are running dry left and right, and the area now has to overhaul its water use practices to meet the state's legal definition of sustainability. So Haas decided to double down on water conservation practices. In addition to dry farming, his vineyard is the first in the world for a new certification, the Regenerative Organic Certification. The same choices that we feel like are maximizing the, the quality of fruit and the character of the fruit that we're growing are having positive impacts on the, the long-term viability of not just what we're doing, but the viability of the, of the wine community out here. Getting certified takes a long time, but it's catching on. Currently, there are 13 certified farms in California. It's all based on a process that aims to restore the health of the soil and wider ecosystem. It runs on three pillars, 
soil health, animal welfare, and social fairness. We feel like taken all together, it's it's sort of a it's a proxy for for what we hope will become the gold standard for great farming. Haas says the certification has precise rules on paying workers a living wage, factoring costs like transportation, healthcare, and housing. And housing is a big problem around here. Like the rest of the Central Coast, it's expensive in Paso Robles. At his vineyard, Haas uses the regenerative organic certifications formula for calculating his workers' pay. His minimum wage for employees is just over $20, about $5 more than the state's minimum wage. Again, I think it sort of points the way for agriculture to be a part of the solution to these big challenges. I think it has the, it has the ability to be a game changer. It's a costly way to farm, but Haas believes that in the long run, it will be worth it. For The California Report, I'm Benjamin Perper in Paso Robles. And that's this edition of the California Report for Monday, February 27th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good morning. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care. Now with 846 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.